0: Oh, it's school vacation. (laughs) Vacation. Wow, we throw that word around pretty casually. We are not on vacation. My son is in vacation camp, which does not involve beaches or relaxing. Vacation camp is a different, shorter version of school (laughs) with a cute name to try to disguise it like the art of play. Crazy chemistry. Prehistoric dynamite. I would be okay with, we'll keep them alive. Try not to call you. And it's expensive for all the money that we spend on vacation camp. I think we could fly like one and a half of us to Paris. And by that, I mean me with a book. A very,
1: very heavy book. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, All up and I think still fun Parenting's a
0: joke I was cool Oh yeah No time to be cool Oh yeah and Hey everybody Hello, this is Parenting is a Joke and it's me, Ophira Eisenberg On the show I bring together creative and funny people to talk about their work, their career and what it's like to be a parent on top of that Basically, how the fuck do they do it? And today, I'll be talking with musician Rachel Price from Lake Street Dive, who is in her third trimester with her first child. Yeah, we're going to chat about her pregnancy
2: and her expectations of raising a child as a touring musician. I'm actually watching just completely useless one-minute factoids about parenting. Like, they come up, and then I'll watch one minute, I'll be like, oh yeah, cool, cool, I'll do that. (laughs) And then scroll to the next one. (laughs) Ah, pregnancy. Moments
0: of feeling strong and purposeful. Moments of fear and anxiety. And all the different shades of discomfort. Oh, so many shades. Every pregnant person has the same end goal, of course, producing a baby. But the variation of the whole thing is Wild and wide. I mean, I've heard these stories of decorated hospital rooms and themed playlists, aromatherapy for labor, doulas, silk robes, carefully curated pre-packed bags. But none of it is a match for the realities of childbirth. Personally, I wanted my room to be decorated with doctors. Highly skilled top doctors. As you know, I was older and I have a medical history, so I did what I needed to do to feel taken care of. And I don't judge anyone, well, well, except for the people who think they are actually in control of their birth plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even those with the best laid plans sometimes even second-guess their decisions right in the moment. Like our friend Adira Amram, who wrote our theme music.
3: I made a uh, decision to um, have a home birth. The reason why I decided to do that is I had just recently watched uh, the Ricky Lake documentary about home births. And you know, if you're going to take medical advice from anybody, it's got to be Ricky Lake. Are you pregnant or have a child and the man you're with thinks he's the father of the baby, but he's not? If you're ready to tell him you're not the father of my baby, you could be a guest. Call
1: 1-800-GO-RICKY. So I had
3: the whole setup. I had a midwife. Had a doula. Um, I went into labor. I was in labor for all total three days, which is as bad as it seems. It's terrible. Um, we did get a gigantic blow up pool that was in my living room of my apartment in New York City. I got in there after being in um, quite a lot of uh, pain and discomfort thinking like, okay, this is going to be great. I'd read so much about the water births. Um, I can't wait to kind of get some relief. And I got into the the pool and I was like, okay, this is this is great. I'm doing this. And then of course, because it was my luck, my contractions like completely stopped. And so they were like, all right, out of the pool and i was just like thinking to myself you're a fucking idiot like you love advil why are you doing this but it was kind of too late i was committing to the bit and there i was just like having a home birth zero stars do not recommend I will admit the night
0: I went into labor started with me at a bar. Around the corner from my apartment, I was not drinking. I was watching my friend drink while I snacked on white anchovy toast. I'll never forget that because that was a mistake. I would be tasting white anchovy in the form of heartburn scorching my throat for the next 36 hours. Anyways, but at the bar, all of a sudden, I felt... um there's really no delicate way to put this, I felt like I had to take a shit, like really, really bad, but also not exactly. So I went home and the second I got home, it was just full-blown contractions. I mean, I went from this weird feeling to the most intense pain I have ever felt because it wasn't just the beginning of labor. It was something called back labor Yeah, they don't tend to spend too much time on this in the classes or even in the books because, well, turns out statistically it affects uh, 5% of women, but also because it's too awful. They don't want to scare you. Hey, anyone else out there go through this? I do feel pretty alone. Please let me know. So it's not that the fetus is upside down or a breach. It is turned around and wants to get out. So sunny side up, as they say. So it feels like your body is trying to rip itself apart uh, through your lower back, like right above your butt, the lower part of your spine. I believe the sacrum, as we say in yoga. And back labor camp progress. So it's just relentless. Like every 60 seconds and you get a 30 second break and just repeats over and over and over again. I was screaming. I was in so much pain. I just lost myself. And we tried all the things, you know, bath and breathing and putting pressure in different areas. We had that big yoga ball to splay over. I talked to the doula, she told me to do a downward dog or a headstand of some sort for 45 minutes and then the baby might turn around, so I told her to go fuck herself. Uh, But I didn't want to rush to the hospital because I was scared of that, so I basically waited till I couldn't take it anymore, which turned out to be pretty long. We ordered an Uber XL and what a saint that driver was and is. I howled that whole ride, top of my lungs just yelling, please make it stop, please. So yeah, I uh, never listened to my playlist. Was getting an epidural in my birth plan? Not exactly. Why? Because I was like, you know what? I've been through quite a bit of shit in life, so I'm sure I can handle this. <laughs> wrong. Oh, no, no. No, 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 no. No, so wrong. Yeah. We got to the hospital, and I ordered up one of those immediately. And the guy showed up. I remember he smiled, and it was like a sparkle reflected off of his gleaming white teeth. And he told me not to worry. He was going to make it all okay. And then the medicine started to course through, and I came back to this world. And I remember muttering, thank you. And the anesthesiologist said, "Uh, no problem. It's my job. But right before he left my room, he turned around and said, by the way, if you're still thinking of a name for your kid, and then he pointed at himself and said, I suggest Brandon. (laughs) We named her son Lucas, but uh, thanks, Brandon. Of course, I did not tell any of this to our guest because she's pregnant, and the only thing I can guarantee is that her experience will be different from mine because nobody has the exact same experience. I'll be talking to musician and singer Rachel Price from Lake Street Dive right
1: after the break.
2: to start listening.
0: My guest today, I met in the comedy world, but she's a jazz and blues multi-genre singer, and she just released her second album with singer and guitarist Villeray called I Love a Love Song. You might know her as the lead singer of Lake Street Dive. It's Rachel Price. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rachel, you are defying so many situations about this actual show. Mm-hmm. Number one, you're not a stand up comedian, but you are a comedy adjacent. Oh, thanks. That's how I feel about you. Well, I
2: think all musicians wish they were comedians. Do you? Yes. Because I think a lot of comedians wish they were musicians. Yes. <laughs> I was going to follow up with that <laughs> I really think they're like, wouldn't that be great
0: if there was a few more people behind me <laughs>
2: with instruments? Yeah. And then also
0: I talk to people who have kids uh, and you do not have a child. However, you are pregnant and very pregnant. How, yeah. Where are we in the process? I'm 33 weeks. All right. Yeah. Okay. How you feeling?
2: I feel pretty good. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've started to get very scared of of labor I didn't think about it in concrete ways. And now I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm going, uh, am I going to tear? <laughs> you know, just yeah. these, like very, like very specific you things don't know. that it's... I hadn't really thought about. And I was like, of course, I don't know what's going to happen.
0: Did you always want to have kids? Yes.
2: Always. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So this has been in the plan for a while. Definitely. Do you want more than one in your mind's eye?
2: I don't know. Okay. I think I always assumed I would have more than one, but... I'm 37 and I'm a touring musician, so one might be plenty for me. <laughs> okay. Prior experience with kids? Uh, I mean, just my friends and their babies. Okay. Yeah. Did you do a lot of babysitting growing up? Or I did some like babysitting growing up and I would not have wanted me to babysit me. <laughs> When I think back on it, me, me neither. <laughs> it would probably keep me from ever hiring a babysitter
0: because you would ignore the kids or
2: go through the people's houses. I, I or... just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, I remember being left with a like a five year old and an infant, and just looking at the infant, I'm just being completely useless yeah. to them. Yeah, and it's it it actually haunts me to the to this day.
0: So uh, why now? Did you plan it? Was it a surprise Yeah.
2: Oh, no, it was very planned. Okay. Um, had to work it around the dates that were on the calendar <laughs> and the potential dates in the future and the understanding of when it would be good for the band to take a break. And my husband's also a touring musician, so when it would make sense for him to take a break. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And it, and it worked. It you, did. You put it, something on a calendar and it worked? It, it worked within a range of, of, yeah, four months. It worked. Okay. You know what? Just remember that that is amazing. Yeah.
0: That is a 1% (laughs) kind of situation right there. Yeah, it's true. And in a recent New York Times article that I read about you, about how you like to spend your Sundays, you talked about something quite idyllic, honestly, where you could take walks and um, read, do a lot of reading and creative thought and, you know, even spend some time alone in your apartment, just allowing yourself to experiment and think. I'm not going to do the doom and gloom, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad you have that article. Is what I'm saying. Are you when you're reading right now? Are you reading parenting books? No, good. <laughs> I mean, not good, but good.
2: Good. Yeah, I don't know if I'm what I'm supposed to be reading, and I, I, I will tell you what I'm doing. That's extremely unhealthy. Which is, you know, the Instagram. Oh, algorithm yeah. uh-huh. knows that I'm expecting mm-hmm. and so I'm actually watching just Completely useless one minute factoids about parenting. Like they come up and then I'll watch one minute. I'll be like, oh yeah, cool, cool. I'll do that. <laughs> and then scroll to the next one, <laughs> which is so I have, I have just like a, just a garbage can of facts in my head right now. Oh, that's amazing. That I'm probably going to regurgitate in some state of sleeplessness, you know, over the next few years. And then my husband, who will probably be like, what are you talking about? And I'm going to be like, I thought on Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram, yeah. they told me that if I get yeah. a kid And I don't yellow, know who it was. <laughs> I and right. I didn't. If they were an expert
0: or just yeah. someone with a phone. Exactly.
2: Uh, do you remember one of them? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about uh, sleeping styles, you know, where yeah. it's like, the anti leave your kid in the crib, so it's a lot of people being like, "No, put your put that child on your body until they're fifteen years old, and they and they will grow up adjusted and and I'm just like, okay, that's that's what's happening. I do remember my
0: sister, who was uh, not that she was not that kind of thinker, but she did say to me when I was pregnant, and it's stung in my head. Uh, from an evolutionary point of view, you are now useless. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was talking to a friend recently and he described becoming a parent as the ultimate death. Jesus. And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> he just sort of said it off the cuff, you know? He's like, "It's kind of like, you know, you you're you're gone." And then and then you I was like, "That's enough."
0: Uh, have you ever traveled with small children before? No. Okay. If you could come up with three words about how you think you would describe future traveling, with a small child in your life that is your own. mm-hmm
2: oh uh, you can you can baggage. idealistic <laughs> <laughs> I mostly think about all the stuff baggage. yes, emotional baggage, <laughs> physical baggage. and I also think it could be really cute. the i idyllic part of me thinks like it's gonna be cute.
0: it is okay, good. <laughs> uh, what is one food you want to make sure your child eats? Oh. Broccoli Ro- great great that's that's gonna be easy mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you do? I don't know what you're feeling? Is it like a baby shower or a gender reveal mm.
2: or any of that stuff? I think gender reveals are I have to say horrifying <laughs> I just I just can't I can't hide that opinion nope. um and yeah well i'm I'm having a baby shower, great, and I don't know what you do with them, and I'm confused, but apparently my sister is planning all of that
0: so. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great, great. Soon. Yes. Okay, because some people do it after, depending on how you feel about it. Right. Now, I know from also reading some stuff about you touring that you were very, uh, when you tour uh, with your band, that you were very mindful about sustainability and not having, like, plastic bottles everywhere and Mm -hmm. um, creating more garbage in this planet. So how do you feel about diapers, cloth diapers, disposable diapers?
2: My... Opinion about that is that you do what you got to do. Yes. Um, we do have a already a set of cloth diapers nice. ready to go. And we have talked about trying it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to last personally. <laughs> but I uh, uh, I think the effort could be funny. <laughs> I, I just don't understand how it works. Like I was like, I just like take those diapers and I put them, you know, I have laundry in our building. I was like, I just take poop diapers down to the laundry. Share the laundry? Yeah. I was like, how does it work? Uh, There's obviously aspects of it I don't understand. I mean, you know, my mom used cloth diapers. It was, that's what you did. And she was from Australia and Australia in the 80s. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's a do what you got to do situation.
0: Right. And I think in a shared building, that is that thing about, like, what am I doing to the shared washing machine?
2: Yeah. So then
0: a lot of people use services. I mean, but I would say, like, and so my first thought is like, oh, my God. Right. you got to alert your neighbors as to which washing machine you have put these things in. But on the other side, I got to say. I don't know. I don't know what everybody else's life is like, but I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure there's been some stuff in those washing machines. that
2: Absolutely. Yes. It's
0: going to make your baby poop diaper seem like a dream.
2: That's probably true. With the service thing, though, then my brain goes into like, well, okay, so then there's transportation involved. I know. And there's gas. Yes. And there's those sorts of things. So is it really like equaling out with the environmental aspect? This is
0: how it all it breaks down <laughs> yeah, and, and then the water and the this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I I know people that have done every version of mm-hmm. and somehow it all worked in some way.
2: Or yeah. There you just kind of do it. Okay. Birth
0: plan. Did you write one?
2: I have not written one. I was talking to uh my doula the other day who's wonderful. And she mentioned that they, she doesn't even like to say the word plan anymore because she's she's witnessed countless births and she was just like, what's the plan? Like it's, it changes, yeah. which I appreciated um, as someone who likes a plan but sort of would cling to a plan in a way that would probably get in the way of um, being able to change directions when needed. So I have a I have hopes um of how it could go. Yeah. But it's I'm I'm very much trying to just focus on like eye on the prize, which is just, you know, baby out healthy. Now, you were born
0: in Australia. What yeah. where in Australia?
2: I was born in Sydney.
0: Sydney. Okay. But you were raised in Tennessee, but then you went to the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. Mm-hmm. Would you say like any of these places or all of these places has influenced your Music.
2: I think growing up in in Hendersonville, Tennessee, which is basically a suburb of Nashville, uh, mm-hmm. there were a lot of musicians in the area. Because of that, I think that the idea of being becoming a professional musician seemed very uh, accessible to me, like a real um, job, like <laughs> a real job was doing. Yeah, so I think for that reason, it, it did influence me pursuing music, and, and otherwise, stylistically, I don't know if, if it. You know, made a difference or not?
0: Interesting. You have a fascinating family history. Your dad is a singer and arranger. Mm-hmm. Your grandfather was an actor and died in prison in Sri Lanka. That's right. <laughs> That's really the question. Yeah, question mark? Yeah, it's a
2: very it's a mysterious story that uh, could it, he he could have been uh, in the OSS, um, former CIA. Yeah. And that's oh, wow. that's why he was arrested there, and then there I've heard other possible uh, reasons why he was arrested in Sri Lanka, uh, but I, I I I don't actually know if I've gotten like a full one hundred percent confirmation f- from my family that he was in the OSS, but his first wife said that that he was in the OSS, that he re- went to the training, um, which I suppose was somewhat common. When actors served in the war, oh, they took um, advantage of their skills. They were often recruited to become spies. Listen, I have no idea what I'm talking yeah, about factually. I, it's making these sense are things to me. that I've heard <laughs> along the way.
1: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the Girlfriends. but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step.
2: to start listening.
0: It sounds like you were singing since you were a child. Mm -hmm. And the whole family? or The whole family, yeah. Well, my
2: dad conducted a choir. Okay. He conducted a Baha'i choir, which is the religion I was raised in.
0: I don't know anything about Baha'i. Yeah. I will admit.
2: Yeah, it's okay. Okay. (laughs) It's a small, obscure religion that's only been around for 160 years, so... Okay, I should know, know something. Well, you know... As far as religion is concerned, it's, you know, it's new. It's very, very new. Yeah. And there aren't that many Baha'is. What are the tenets? If you could give me just a couple. The the main tenets are uh, equality of men and women. Like um, it. Oneness of humanity. Also good. And that God, one God, uh, reveals a message progressively over time. So religions, uh, they change and they evolve, but it's sort of one source Oh,
0: so it's dynamic. Yes. And then music is a part of practice. Mm-hmm. Were you performing then within the church?
2: Yeah, in the church. Um, also, my dad would take the, the choirs on like tours to Europe.
0: Oh, so you're traveling and touring as a musician your entire life.
2: Yeah, the first time I went on a tour, I was 11. So I, I was sort of used to the lifestyle early on.
0: You record your first album, Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, jazz album? Yeah. Jazz singer. Uh, and then you go to this conservatory in Boston, and the band that we uh, all know, Lake Street Dive, how did that come together?
2: We were all newly starting at New England Conservatory. Mike uh, Olson, who we call McDuck, Uh, had just transferred from a school in Wisconsin, and he watched us all perform at the the end of the year freshman concert that everyone had to participate in (laughs) and sort of came up to us individually and said something very formal about how he appreciated what we did (laughs) and would we like to be in a band. And we said yes. And at the very end of that first year, we got into a room and he wrote Lake Street Dive on a chalkboard gave like his philosophy for what kind of band he wanted to start. And we said, okay. And then we were a band. <laughs> what, what was this philosophy? His philosophy at the time was to play what he called free country music as in free, free jazz. Yep. Um, but not jazz, but country. That was his concept. McDuck has a, I a vision. I Yes. Yeah. All right. We did not do that.
0: Would you say now when people want to categorize Lake Street Dive, they veer towards pop?
2: Yeah. Sometimes they say pop. Sometimes they say soul. And and yeah. oftentimes jazz is still, jazz know, gets yeah. in there. Sure.
0: And then your recent collaboration with Villery for this new album, was, was that inspired by your desire to get back to your jazz roots, switch things up, or did you... You know, also just want to work on this checklist of collaborating with all of your favorite college friends.
2: <laughs> yeah, i I stopped singing jazz after I graduated, not from a specific reason. Just Lake Street Dive was doing more stuff, and I had been performing jazz standards with a, a really excellent group in performing mm-hmm. art centers, and not finding it to be the most satisfying experience of trying to reinterpret standards. I thought that that was kind of, for me, that was sort of exhausting to think of a great song and then be like, but how can it be different?
0: Right. And Um, then feeling sometimes maybe the audience is like, just sing it like someone's so saying it.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And having to sort of approach these songs that people have such a strong connection to already and figure out how to make it different and yet make it familiar You know, I was also like 21, so I was like, I don't know how to do that. I heard Villery uh, perform, you know, 10 years after this in a bar in Williamsburg, and he played a set of obscure songs from the 30s and 40s, ones that I did not know. And I was transcended because... I love the music from the from the 30s and 40s so much. It's what I grew up singing, mm. but I was having a new experience relating to the songs because I'd never heard them before. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of this. Find find the ones that nobody nobody knows and do those songs." Yes. And so I asked Villery, "Can I join you in this in this pursuit? Can I perform at this bar with you and sing these obscure songs? You teach them to me, you help me find them because he's a encyclopedia of of music from this time and then he just started writing them amazing
0: yeah and you were just on tour you came back from tour yesterday I did I
2: was on tour with Lake Street Dive for the, the last Lake- three weeks yeah so
0: you know as we were leading up to obviously your uh, impending due date mm-hmm. were you trying like let's pack it in Let's get the touring in there. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> I, I I told the band first thing, <laughs> as soon as I knew, I broke all the rules of you know when you're supposed to wait and all that, and 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 told them, and we, you know, mapped out all of our time leading up and uh, to you know this point. I'm thirty three like, weeks. I'm one
0: day pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to work yeah, out the it, was, it was a
2: funny meeting, actually. I had to tell it in a meeting. I was like, it's not time to say congratulations, but it is time for you to know that we will not be touring past this date. And everyone was like, got it, got it. They sort of put their heads down. And, you know, four weeks later, they were like, congratulations, <laughs> um, that kind of that kind of thing. Um, we knew that we wanted to do, you know, one more tour before a long break. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you have been doing this tour. How many cities did you do just recently? Uh, I think, I don't know, 12? 12. Yeah. And uh, obviously you're performing uh, as someone who is very visibly pregnant. Mm -hmm. When you come onto that stage, do you feel a different kind of reaction from your crowd when they see you? What does it feel like?
2: The first show, it felt strange um, because it was, yeah, it was very, very apparent. And I walked out onto stage and I just heard someone from the crowd go, Yeah, pregnant! My- <laughs> <laughs> and did you uh, go, Oh my god? Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, Oh <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was fun. I-, I think what I felt weird about was the acknowledgement of it verbally versus not acknowledge. I'm like, what's cooler? To just come out on right. stage and say nothing and just leave. Or can I talk about it? And and also wondering, why is this even something that I'm wondering in myself? Like, I should be able to say whatever I want sure. on stage about it or not say anything. For
0: me, uh, just to I it felt like such a prop. Mm,
2: yes. When I did acknowledge it, it, got, it would get such a big reaction, and then I would be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and how was the tour? The tour was great. I'm feeling extremely triumphant today that we did it. And um made it through and it, the show was great. We we did a different show than we've ever done this time as well, so it was kind of a new experience every night. And yeah, I mean some nights I went on stage and I was not feeling awesome in my body, but every time that the show was done, I would feel incredible. Yeah. So I realized that that there is there is a medicine into performing, you know, you get that adrenaline and oh, so yeah. I'd be exhausted all day and I've had heartburn and I have acid reflux. And then I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm feeling my body like stretching, uh, I'm putting on my maternity spanks. Yep. But then I get on stage, do the show and get off and I'd be like, wow, this is great. I'm so happy we're doing this.
0: And you mentioned that you had to cancel one show, but we're able to rebook it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. What happened? I got food poisoning. And Terrifying. What did you yeah. eat? <laughs> oh, God. It's. <laughs> I don't even want to say it. It's, <laughs> no, please. I'm still at the no, point come on. where what it is. I mean, it wasn't, it's not a gross thing. Like I ate a turkey burger, like in a collard green wrap, but okay. the visual of it still haunts me. <laughs> um, The before and the after.
0: By the way, just <laughs> while you were eating it, did you have, because I've done this where I'm literally so starving because I'm on the road and I will eat something. That I halfway through, I'm like, tastes weird. Yeah, but I'm so hungry. I'm just, sh- I just throw it down my gullet.
2: I swear I had that <laughs> that experience. When I thought back on it, I feel like I did know while I was eating it that it it wasn't right. But I was, I was starving. I ate so much. <laughs>
0: okay, so you slam down your throat, yeah. some tainted turkey.
2: Mm-hmm. It was overnight, and then I woke up in the morning, uh, and. Texted the tour manager and I was like, you know, maybe I won't do sound check today. I think I need to rest up until the show because of you know these reasons. And he said, do you need to go to the hospital? Like you're you're pregnant. Like maybe I said, no, 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 I'm fine. I just need some water and uh, to not throw up anymore. (laughs) And then I threw up a few more times. And then I called a midwife and the midwife throughout the term premature labor. And I said, "Okay, (laughs) got it. I got it. So I went and I sat in a hospital for seven hours just waiting to be seen. And we actually Uh ended up canceling the show simply because no one could see me to say, like, yeah, it's okay to go on stage tonight.
0: And when you went to see the doctor, finally, what did they say to you?
2: You know, she said it was good you came in. I also sat in in this waiting room all day overhearing other pregnant women waiting to go in sharing very similar experiences there was a woman that was like yeah you know when my first kid I came in at 33 weeks pregnant and I had cramps and I was in labor you know and then another one was like oh yeah that happened to me and it was my gallbladder exploding (laughs) oh my god So I was, like, overhearing this, and I was like, okay,
0: wow. And so probably talking about it very nonchalantly and conversationally, right? Completely, completely. And then how was your show, the comeback show and the final show? Because now you're taking, this is it, right? Now you're taking time
2: off? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was a great show. Um, Yeah, I think we all were feeling emotional that it was the last show. I mean, I, I was tearing up before I got on stage. Because I was like, oh, this is the last Lake Street Dive show I'm going to do with this baby inside of me and right. without a baby, you know. Yep. The next time I get on stage with Lake Street Dive, you know, You're gonna and I'm be on a tour, different person. yeah, that baby will be asleep on a bus, you know, that <laughs> I'll be taking her with me. Yeah. Okay, so that's your plan, huh? That is my plan.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I know your husband is a musician. You collaborate together quite often. You play together quite often. Is he going to come on?
2: He may or he may go on the road himself. Yeah. We're thinking that it really makes sense for us just to both be on tour at the same time so that when we're home, we're there together with the baby. yeah. And then when I go on tour, I'll bring the baby and have, you know, someone come you know we'll we'll have to hire yeah, a nanny right. or maybe my mom will come you know things like that
0: any of the other band members like don't worry i'll help out <laughs> during the morning has
2: anyone come forward uh no i mean i did they haven't said that exactly although i i'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure, sure they would be very helpful but i i i have appreciated how they've been referring to our break as our maternity leave
0: oh, that's <laughs> nice that's very positive yeah <laughs> what kind of time are you allowing yourself uh, six months. Okay, that's real. Yeah. I had myself three, but looking at the work that I did in the following three months, it was kind of like I took six months. <laughs> okay, I understand. <laughs> uh, well, I'm very excited. I think uh, there's a font of uh, material and creativity and inspiration coming your way no matter
2: what oh that's nice
0: Yeah, thank you so much Rachel and everyone you can see Rachel back on the road in about six and a half months but for now check out her new album with Vilray called I Love a Love Song
2: thank you thank you so much of all Just do
0: Hey, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend or an acquaintance or someone you know about our podcast because more listeners means more episodes in our future. We really appreciate it. Thank you for all of the reviews. If you haven't left one yet, go on to Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a five-star review. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at Parenting is a Joke or on Twitter at Parenting Joke. I think Twitter is back. And we have a monthly newsletter. You can just go to our website, parentingisajokepod.com, to sign up. Follow me on the socials, at Ophira E. And if you're in Brooklyn, New York, I'll be hosting the Moth Story Slam at the Bell House on Wednesday, February 22nd at 8 p.m. You can find tickets at themoth.org or go to my website, ophiraisenberg.com. Our episode is produced by me and Julie Smith Clem. Our editor is Nina Porzuki. Our sound designer is Tina Toby Mack. Our theme song and music is by Adira Amram and The Experience. Special thanks to all of the engineers at Cityvox. And I'll leave you with another interesting and unique birth story.
5: I have with me our editor, Nina Porzuki. Luckily, I have this amazing OB. She's like one of the only people in Massachusetts who does vaginal breech delivery. And she was like, listen, you know, um, you can do this. We just have to like ultrasound before. The baby has to be in a special position and then like you could deliver vaginally. And I was like, all right. (laughs) You're like, cool. You know, I guess there's a lot of fear around it, but I didn't think I was like, well, it has to come out one way or another. And I've never had a baby before. So it's not like I know the difference because everybody right. always is like, Ooh. oh, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Is a butt smaller than I, it doesn't. It's <laughs> a good
0: point. It's a very good point. Isn't a butt a little squishier?
5: I, right. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't know if I was going to have a boy or girl. So I'm like in labor, something starts coming out and the doctor's like, do you want to feel? And I was a little egged out about it. But then I was like, sure. And I felt down there and it was really squishy. What it was, was my kid's testicles just like going in and out and in and out just pushing. (gasps) So he came balls out first. (laughs) Is that where that expression comes from? (laughs) Maybe. Balls out? Yeah. Okay. And they got so swollen. They were the size of like... An orange, And I don't know if you've seen newborn testicles, but they're not supposed to be the size of an orange. No. So that nurses and everybody was coming into the room just to see these like really <laughs> swollen testicles <laughs> as I'm trying to have this kid. And they took a picture and they're like texting it around to people. His first pediatrician came in and was like, oh, yours is the kid with the big balls. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, baby. I guess. Babies are amazing and they were like back to normal like the next day. So
3: Balls out.
5: Falls out. Oh yeah. my it was good.